The good news is that most of the scale-ups have uh, raised tremendous amounts of capital the last 12 months, so they're all well financed. This new environment have to adapt, have to go to profitability, and then they should be in a strong position. Welcome to Mission Capital, the Invest Austria podcast. We talk with private capital investors about growing and scaling innovative companies. My name is Laura, and I'm happy to welcome Oliver today. We will talk about the current economic developments and about mastering the new growth game. Hi, Oliver. Nice to have you here. Do you want to introduce yourself shortly to our listeners? Hi, Laura. Pleasure to be here. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, my name is Oliver. Oliver Holly. I'm the founder of Speed Invest. Uh, we're an early stage fund here in Austria. Have built one of the biggest uh, portfolios and investment teams across Europe uh, now, roughly uh, 600 million assets under management, 300 portfolio companies. Yeah, spread out across Europe and have seen quite a lot in the last 12 years in investing early stage. So that's us. Quite impressive numbers and thank you for sharing your wisdom today with us. We will start right away with our three opening questions. One word about the tech ecosystem in Austria. Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> waiting, for, waiting for change. <laughs> we will go deeper into that a little later. One wish for the future of the CE location. Dramatically more capital. And what's the most important learning from your journey that you want to pass on to your peers? Uh, you think you know something and then you don't, uh, especially in venture. <laughs> yes, yeah, things are changing and changing and changing. And that's also what we're talking about today. As we have experienced a number of crises in the past years, which led to many struggles, but also opportunities for startups and to a booming tech sector in the end. This time it really feels different. And so starting right into it, how do you perceive the current economic situation and what to expect as a startup investor? Well, obviously the world has changed dramatically. Uh, so 2022, and I think we're just at the beginning of this uh, has seen a massive uh, pull pullback uh, of investors in all stages, uh, specifically in the growth stage, but also in the early stages. Um, and of course, that's a stress test for a lot of business models, stress test for a lot of uh, VCs. Uh, and and we, we expect uh, to see quite a lot of casualties uh, in and outside of our portfolio. So it's a very, very um, important time for VC. I think that's the point where we can prove that we're good investors. And we need to really adjust our perspective here. And what do you expect, especially for um, seed stage startups who will raise a bigger round next year? Any concerns here or are you still positive about um, everything going in the right direction? It's uh, definitely a different environment and uh, timing and momentum is increasingly important. Uh, what we see is a, is a massive bifurcation of the market. Uh, so you see... Very few uh, high momentum cases are still attracting tons of capital and raising pretty much at any valuation they want. So that hasn't changed. The top 10% is still is still enjoying uh, lots of momentum at the, and, and a lot of, so to say, power in the negotiations. For the vast majority of the rest, it's very different. A lot of tourist investors are gone, which means they're much less... Uh, Optionalities on the table for for a good but not yet great uh, startup, and that needs to be factored in when you think about your fundraise. And it definitely is more important to get the timing right. 
and how will all of that affect the speed invest investment strategy and um, also your exit expectations? So exit expectations means more patience. <laughs> I think, you know, we have been doing this for a while and we have a couple of candidates that are already prepping for IPO, which is great, finally. Uh, we were expecting to happen to see this happen this year. It's not going to happen this year, so we just need more patience. That's no, there's no question. We think they will come out stronger. The good news is that most of the scale-ups have uh, raised tremendous amounts of capital the last 12 months, so they're all well financed. They have to go through this um, this new environment, have to adapt, have to go to profitability, and then they should be in a strong position. In terms of new investments, uh, Speed Invest is a seed stage focused fund. Uh, with relatively modest follow-on capacities if you compare us to multi-stage firms like, I don't know, Excel, Index, whoever. So that means we always had uh, to think very hard who would lead the next round, who would, who would be able to, to drive the next massive uh, capital injections. Uh, and that, uh, that drove us away from business models that would require tons of capital anyway. We were never the ones that invested in massive B2C e-commerce plays or, or cases that only work at massive scale. And that just, uh, so that's where we are. That's where we continue to focus. So we need business models that have a, a bit more optionality in how fast and, and how much capital they need to grow, which translates into enterprise, translates into SaaS, translates into tech-driven business models uh, rather than pure um, scalability plays. So what are your recommendations, especially in seed stage right now for investors who are just getting started or thinking about how many investments they should do and in which sectors? Um, would you recommend any kind of startups, any industries, any business models at the moment? Well, obviously, low margin, high, high capex business models are tough at the moment. <laughs> It's clear. And I think as a seed stage investor, first of all, don't do it alone. Uh, partner up. And, and make sure that your companies are well financed. Uh, I think the, the market will continue to go down for a while. Uh, we will see um, even less capital being available. So uh, we are we try to put our companies in a position where they have 24 months plus runway and they can really use this time to work on product, uh, work on go-to-market. In that sense, If you're a seed, uh, it's actually a wonderful time to invest now because anyways, our companies will take a couple of years before they really reach um, scale. And and so in that sense, we have to be patient no matter what. Uh, it's very different if you're a growth investor, then you have a very different environment here. But for us, not that much has changed dramatically. It's still the same task to find the best founder team, founding teams and the best new areas of innovation. But... Uh, Yeah, funding life cycles, liquidity, cash flow has become a more important element in our thinking than maybe 24 months ago when we could raise with our teams whenever we wanted to. Yeah, definitely. Maybe sticking a little longer to seed stage and then going over um, to more growth financing topics for like a lot of investors who are having portfolios and considering raising rounds next year, maybe a late seed round or a series A round. What would you recommend and how can existing investors and also the companies, the founders themselves prepare to get it or get money in in the best possible ways without um, having down rounds. I mean, the trick will be to create the moment uh, when you go out fundraising where you have accelerating momentum. I think there's a it's an easy trap, especially for maybe yeah for investors that are not so exposed to in top international growth funds. 
uh, to think, okay, we're just going to grow slower. We take it, we take the burn down, and that's all, all true. But at the, at, the, at the same time, if you want to raise from top international investors, you have to show tremendous momentum and growth. There's no way around it. That's our job. Our job is to invest in high-growing businesses. So, so the trick is to keep burn as low as possible until the moment where you actually hit the inflection point and can start to grow much, much faster. And at that point, uh, really also be willing and, and brave to spend the money. And, and, and that also coincides then with you going out for the raising the next round. So you need to create momentum when you go out. Otherwise, you will simply not uh, attract any, any professional top investors. That's the truth. And I think that's the much more challenging exercise uh, than maybe the last two years when it was much easier to, to, to get, it, get attention from international VCs. But yeah, don't forget about growing momentum on the growth side. I think that's the big, big exercise here. If the momentum is right, would you count these um, cases into the top 10% you mentioned in the beginning? Or is this still another category of really serial entrepreneurs having a lot of experience and also a big network already who don't need to worry anyway? Or can everybody basically get into that 10%? Everybody can get into the 10%. Of course, for founders with the there's already a lot of credibility behind them. It's easier because then they basically they have the benefit of the doubt, but everybody can do it. And we have a lot of founders uh, that don't have this kind of background, but are really first-time founders and show it with the numbers. But the numbers then have to be stellar. They have to be um, like really tremendous growth. And it has to be a growth that is uh, not acquired at high cost. So the times where you can spend your way into growth are gone. But that was always, good investors always detected this kind of thing. So it was, uh, but it was probably easier to get away with it because there was much more competition on the on the buy side, on the investor side. So now you have to just uh, prove your case. But that's at the end of the day what, what, what good startups have to do anyways. There's no way around it. But have you seen that coming anyways in the past months or years at this point where really traction KPIs are becoming way more important than maybe just the hype? Or was it also unexpected for you and your team? We have been waiting for this for a while. <laughs> I remember when we did our last in-person portfolio day three years ago in 2019, I went on stage and, and told everybody that winter is coming and this is what's going to happen and <laughs> they have to watch there for the numbers. And yeah, well, this was 2019 and, and, and I think everybody made, a, made fun of me for the next two years. <laughs> well, it's happening now. <laughs> so in that sense, we've been waiting for it. But yeah, that's where we are now for sure. And we're going to stay in this environment for a while. Yeah, I mean, better be prepared earlier and then uh, be ready if the changes are coming. So moving over to a more growth stage um, focused topics, what will especially now impact growth financing and how should companies prepare and also investors can prepare and maybe also going into um, developments of the current layoffs as we also have also seen them with GoStudent and Bitpanda, for example, are those just logical steps happening now or how would you see the whole situation changing? You could almost call it best practice. Um, and we have a portfolio of scale-ups uh, across Europe and, and I would say 9 out of 10 are well-financed and have plenty of cash on their on the balance sheet. Every single one of them uh, is going through that exercise. Um, it, it ranges between 10 and 25% in, in cost cutting, but there's not one scale-up that doesn't do that. That is, so to say, what, that is 
top quality. Yeah? So it's a, it's, it, it needs to be done. This is, uh, this is what the, the investors are expecting. And this is also what the, uh, at the end of the day is a very cyclical phenomenon between that every founder will go through. You, you grow and then you find out that you have to adjust, you have to adapt, you have to actually calibrate. That is the next stage. And then, then hopefully you're back again in a position where you can grow. And so I think it's a natural thing. If you extend the time frame just a little bit, look at Bitpanda or GoStudent, I mean, they still had, they still grew a tremendous amount of um, percentage over the last uh, 24, 12, 18 months. Uh, but yes, uh, there was an, an overhang and then they had to correct this and they're not alone here. So that's what happens. Uh, profitability clearly is, is, the, is the focus. But again, profitability without growth is, is also a failed experiment. We have to be clear about that. So they have to be able to show uh, profitable growth to get the unit economics uh, really in line and under control at a level where they can very predictably claim how the next quarter, next year revenues will look like and at what cost. And, and that's exactly that kind of um, exercise that at the end of the day, a typical Series B, Series C startup has to already manage. If they don't, if they they haven't done that yet, then they were overfinanced before. So, so I think a lot of them are going through the exercise. Many of them are actually in a pretty good position. But of course, the the challenging part now is expectation management with investors and also with employees and then founders themselves, in the sense that many of them just have seen the last couple of years with a constant doubling of valuation, massive growth every year. So we are seeing, we're going to see a level, a time period of plateauing on that side now where people will grow into their valuations. Uh, but that's still amazing, you know, uh, having a couple of unicorns in Austria, having a couple of unicorns in the portfolio. We didn't expect that to happen so fast. And if it's now taking, so to say, one or two more years to grow into that, that's fine as well for me. What do you think about the discussion between down rounds or layoffs or doing both? Or what's in your point of view, the way to go? I mean, right-sizing the organization is first and foremost what needs to be done. There's no question. And then you have to do a very sober cash flow analysis and look at your runway. If, it's, uh, if the runway is less than 18 months, you have to raise more money. And if this is a down round, then it's a down round. It's a one of our U.S. Uh, friends from top U.S. funds that prices go up, prices go down. And uh, in private equity, sometimes that's a very unusual uh, term or something we're not used to. But it's, it's the same thing here, especially if you're, if you're getting close to, to public markets. You can see where the peers are in the public market. So it's not surprising if this uh, also has an impact on the private side. So I think it's just natural. And um, at the end of the day, focus shouldn't be on valuations, but focus should be on the business. Do you think the hiring strategies will change and there will also be learnings from these um, yeah, extreme hirings and layoffs? Or do you think it's a usual development when growing? I think on the individual company level, there will be massive learnings. Um, and there's always this kind of, there's this learning curve. Uh, if you ask me if the next generation of founders will not go through the same mistakes, I don't think so. I think everybody will make that mistake because it's so hard. It's, it's impossible to get it right. And uh, I haven't seen one single company that's gone through this kind of hyper growth stage without breaking things and basically making mistakes. I think that's, that's, it's, 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 it's statistically highly unlikely that, that, that companies will go through this without, without, without mistakes. We have to accept it. 
I mean, we have seen that in every really successful startup or scale-up recently. So I think, as you mentioned in the beginning, there are also a lot of learnings to come out stronger and hopefully also come out stronger than the competition. How do you perceive the Austrian market? You have also just done one Austrian investment again. Um, what's your general opinion about the recent developments and also about the startups evolving? So we are actually quite excited. Not so much because the let's say the, 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 the regulatory or political environment is so favorable for startups or we see that's clearly not the case. But much more important and really truly much more important um, is the fact that we now have a critical size of scale-ups uh, in Austria uh, that attract talent and also is able to retain talent, uh, which makes it far easier uh, to build large companies here in Austria. And that is crucially important. Uh, it's important because we will see a lot of spin-outs uh, from, from these, these kind of scale-ups. We also will see that these, um, that these new uh, emerging players will be able to attract really interesting talent, both from other startups, but also from, from, from outside. And that's what we're really excited about. Uh, the level of ambition is at a very different level than it was a few years ago. And all of these things are combining to a really interesting environment market where we think we will actually spend quite a few more dollars or euros than, than maybe in the last two, three years. Yeah, and we're already discussing this with a few of our founders here. So, so in that sense, very positive. Whether or not this is a real game changer in the, so to say, in the momentum of the Austrian ecosystem, I don't know. Um, we'll find out. I mean, that's, that's, we'll be able to judge that in a few years. I mean, there had been a lot of work also for the private side from private investors, founders, building up the ecosystem and struggling with the regulatory side. But still, if you could change one political measure to improve the Austrian capital market frameworks, what you, would be your priority here? I think the one most obvious measure where we are dramatically lacking behind is, is simply the access to capital, or you could also call it the democratization of access to this asset class. We have basically a very, very tiny group of family offices, private investors, and a very few institutional investors that are even active in this space. If you compare that to Germany, to France, to the UK, let alone the US, it's very different. So opening up this asset class to Yeah, basically to a broader public, uh, be it via public pension funds, be it, be it via government-led uh, initiatives like PPI in France, KFW in Germany, these kind of things, or be it by change in, in endowment uh, regulations. All of these things would go into the same direction to just open up that asset class. And we need that. Not necessarily we need it, speed invest, we're, we're fine. But I think Austria needs it. Yeah. Totally agree here. A lot to do and a lot to talk about. But thank you so much and see you soon at Invest Austria at your panel Mastering the New Growth Game. Thank you very much. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll be fun. Dieser Podcast wird produziert von Stefan Tesch.